interesting story. Late one night, a salesman drove into a strange city and tried to get a room in a hotel. The clerk informed him that there was no vacancy. Disappointed because it was a small city and this being the only hotel, he started to leave the lobby when a dignified gentleman offered to share his room with him. Gratefully, the traveler accepted his kindness. Just before retiring, the man who had shown such hospitality knelt and prayed aloud. In his petition, he referred to the stranger by name and asked the Lord to bless him. Upon awakening the next morning, he told his guests it was his habit to read the Bible in communion with God at the beginning of each day, and he asked if he would like to join him. The Holy Spirit had been speaking to the heart of the salesman, and when his host tactfully confronted him with the claims of Christ, he gladly received a Savior. As the two people were ready to depart, they exchanged business cards. The new believer was amazed to read, you won't know this name, but maybe some of the older people in the audience will, William Jennings Bryan, Secretary of State, was on the card. You see, William Jennings Bryan was not only the Secretary of State under Woodrow Wilson, but more importantly, he was an ambassador for Christ. So what, what, what does it mean to be an ambassador for Christ? And that's tonight's discussion. Again, flip to 2 Corinthians 5. We're going to be here. I'm going to read the whole thing. I'm not going to preach on the whole thing, but I want, I want you to have the full context. And I felt like the area I'm preaching gives you a fuller picture. Starting in verse 1. For we know that if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed... We have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this tent we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwellings. If indeed by putting it on we may not be found naked. For while we are still in this tent we groan, being burdened. Not that we would be unclothed, but that we would be further clothed. So that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. He who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. So we are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Yes, we are of good courage. And we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away... We make it our aim to please him, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Therefore, knowing all that, therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. But what we are is known to God and I hope is known also to your conscience. We are not commending ourselves to you again. But giving you cause to boast about us so that you may be able to answer those who boast about outward appearances and not about what is in the heart. For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ controls us because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all that those who live might no longer live for themselves. But for him who for their sake died and was raised. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, 
He is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on the behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Father, as we link together the concepts that we've dealt with the whole entire year, may this urge us to lean forward in our faith. As the pastor spoke of this morning, Lord, may we see this as a race that is to be run, but a race that is to be run in a community for a purpose and for a goal that is greater than any earthly reward that we might seek to attain. Lord, may we seek your kingdom and not ours. May we be ambassadors of your son. In Jesus' name, amen. We spent a good portion of the year talking about things like identity. It's all on iTunes. Okay? And like all things in the Christian life, it does not start with you, and it does not end with you. It starts with the scriptures as revealed to us by the prophets, Jesus and the apostles, worked into our hearts by the Holy Spirit as we are united to Christ. This makes us a rescued, worthy, and brave people. And we have discussed in the past how being brave extends rescue and worth to those around us. I think one of the best concepts of being brave and extending rescue and worth to others is the concept of being an ambassador that Paul introduces in this section of 2 Corinthians. We see a couple things in our first couple of verses through 1 through 10, so we don't want to miss those things, but we're not going to spend a lot of time there. The first thing we see in verses 1 through 10 is the reminder, and this is your first fill in the blank, that this world is not our home. This world is not our home. We are exiles in the foreign land, much like the Israelites were exiles when they were dispersed among Babylon and um, Assyria. Which makes acting like the world foolish to the Christian. We don't belong here. And we shouldn't act like we do. We'll get more into that next week. The second thing it talks about is it stresses our union with Christ. The Spirit of God dwells within each Christian. And that is the guarantee of your salvation. It isn't some prayer that you prayed at a vacation Bible school when you were seven. It isn't some good works that you have done. But it is the Spirit of God that unites us to Christ. That is your guarantee. And it is by the Spirit's testimony that you can be assured. That is beauty. But it doesn't end with us. Like all things in the Christian life, it points out. It moves us beyond self. And this is what makes being a Christian counter-cultural. You live in a self-obsessed world. 
Go to Barnes and Nobles. Next time you're at some bookstore, right? Just look at the books that are put in the storefront windows. You'll find a common theme. People are unsatisfied with life. They lack confidence. They lack a feeling of worth. And they don't know what to do. Just look in the window. But for you as a Christian, being a rescued and worthy people, you should not have to ever feel like that. And you should be able to extend that to others. In a world that's longing for it, that is what's countercultural. The world will tell you all about finding your best self. You needed me times. Self-help is the way to happiness. I literally heard this this week in one of the podcasts I listened to. It was an advertisement for a bank. And this is what the bank said. Did you know that the sounds of puppies makes one happy? Take the next five seconds and listen to these sounds of puppies. A bark, bark, bark. A rough, rough. A bark. It was a real dog. It's not that, right? But like, and then they said, bank with us. Find happiness. Are you for real? Like, are you for real here? This was, this, they, think about this. I'm, I'm an origin, origin is my humor, right? I was talking to someone about the dragon fruit earlier, right? Like, who came up with that? That's ridiculous. We're going to name this fruit after a dragon, right? Like, that's, that's silly, okay? It was the same thing here. They're sitting around in a marketing room thinking, we can sell bank policies on puppy sounds. It makes people happy. But this is the state of the world we live in, right? We are literally resorting to puppy sounds in the banking commercial. That's where we might find fulfillment, right? But your next film the blank is this. But living beyond ourselves is living in the Spirit. It's very clear in Corinthians, and it's very clear in different sections of Scripture, that you are a vessel of the Lord as you extend reconciliation, rescue, and worth to others. So I will do my best to gently call you to what it looks like today. What does it mean to be an ambassador for Christ? Okay? I'll start with the story. This is the clean version of the story. I have a favorite NFL head coach. He's a little crass, but he's a good teacher, hence why I like him. Um, The NFL has something called walkthrough practices. So those of you that don't know what football is, okay, football is 11 people on each side of the field. They run plays against each other. They try to score touchdowns. Well, they do a walkthrough practice in which they walk through those plays because they install new plays every week so the new defense doesn't know what's coming. Easy enough? So they literally walk through the play. Sometimes they even do this at, like, the hotel ballroom downstairs if it's, like, Um, wet outside, like it's not a heavy practice. There was this rookie who was being interviewed, and he was telling the story about him and the coach, and the rookie was an offensive lineman, and he was playing with three all-pros, and another guy on the offensive line had been to the Pro Bowl. So literally, there's four other guys on the offensive line. Offensive line has five people. Four of them are really, really good at the job. And he's the rookie in there, and he's joking around. He's cutting up. He's dropping puns like he's a Swanson, right? Like he's like, he is, he's goofing off. He's doing his job, right? I'm here. I'm doing the walkthrough. <laughs> like he's cutting up, right? 
And so they're heading back. They're off. They're heading off the field back inside. And they're all walking in line carrying their helmets. And the coach, we're sitting there just waiting for them to pass. Hey, Rook. Hey, coach. What's up, man? This is the clean version. The coach just very strongly with other words that I'm about to use says, who do you think you are? Everyone walking inside suddenly stops. They're about to see this rookie get chewed out by the coach. And he did. And he practiced every practice from that season forward. And he learned how to be a professional athlete. He wanted to be a great player. He wanted to get better. And he realized, right? He came to practice, not for him, but for everyone else on the team. That's why he was there, to help everyone else get better. And the best part about that is that on the good teams, they're all there for the same reason. They're all there to help everyone else get better. They want to help each other be great. So why do you come to youth group? Or really any yak event? Next, fill in the blank. Youth group is not about you. Youth group is not about you. You've ever said, I don't don't feel like going to youth group. It's about you. If you've ever said, I can't wait to see my friends at youth group, it might be about you. If you're like me, the majority of the reasons I want to do anything is because I'm here about me. I'm here about my stuff, right? Even our own faith is about us, right? I mean, it's our faith. It's cultural maxim, right? Our faith or my faith. And that would make sense if you believed that our faith was like a pagan religion, Right? But your faith is different. Your faith is a gift. And if faith is a gift, if it is something you received, then faith isn't about you. So youth group is not about you. If you believe that, you believe that youth group is about you, to quote coach, who on earth do you think you are? And if I'm honest, I'm king of my own little country trying to please me. And when you live like that, you end up with a crappy country. And I'm pleased. Because nothing will ever satisfy your heart when you are all about self. I say that all that to say. This next one on the blank. Youth group is all about you. 
dying to self, to the glory of God. To be frank, if you can't be an ambassador here, how are you going to be one out in the world? If you can't practice extending grace inside the boundaries of a church building, you probably won't get used to extending it anywhere else. We talked about the lies the culture believes earlier this year. How we have to combat those lies by not minimizing life down to our comfort and successes. We combat the culture telling us that we are not worth anything by reminding ourselves that we are buried with Christ in his death and raised to new life in his resurrection. We are made new creations made for a purpose of worship and reconciliation. And as we die to our sinful flesh, we are actually more of the person Christ has created us to be, not less. I need you to grasp that, okay? Because a lot of people will say, well, die to self. And you think, a lot of people will interpret that as, well, do I have to become less of me? No, no, no. When you actually focus on the kingdom, you become more of everything that God intended you to be. You find yourself not in a, this is is so countercultural. You find yourself not in a battle for inner peace, but for being a saint who extends peace to everyone else. That's where it happens. That's where rubber meets the road. That's where brave moments happen. That's where faith becomes active. That's when it's not just hearing, it's doing. That's when it's not just being mute, but that is when you're extending wisdom. It is when we are looking beyond ourselves And sharpening each other that that happens. So here are some questions we're going to discuss tonight in transformation groups. Next on the blank. How do you die to self at youth group? How do you die to self at youth group? If you don't, then you need to check yourself. Next on the blank. It's right after I'm giving you the answer. I'm literally giving you the answer. I mean, this is the easiest, this is the easiest test you'll ever take, right? You die to self by being an ambassador. You die to self by being an ambassador. If we are inheritors of a greater kingdom, we are representatives of a greater kingdom. Ambassadors are representatives of another nation. And they know that nation. They're typically from that nation. They don't assign ambassadors to a nation unless they've lived there. Right? True story. They are selected by that nation for the time and place in which they are to serve. And they are called to carry out the duties of the nation in a foreign land. We can pull a lot from this. Paul didn't stutter when he used this word and he used it intentionally. Ambassador is a very key selected word that everyone in every culture would understand. Next, this one, I hate this point. I'm just telling you, I hate this point. This is on me. Okay, I'm preaching to me here. Okay. God selected you to represent him in the spheres he has put you in. God selected you to represent him in the spheres he has put you in. What does that mean? That means that you being in the spheres that you're in is not a mistake. Like, I remember being your age, right? I'm a beach bum now living in the South, right? I'm, I'm still not used to sweet tea. I'm definitely not used to country music yet. There are most of the time where I think, 
I don't understand these people, right? And I remember having conversations with God going, how am I, how am I supposed to be an ambassador? How am I supposed to be an ambassador here? I don't understand this culture. And if I'm being frank, most of the time, I don't even like these people, right? Why are you jacking up your truck that high? Like, what's the point of that, right? This is a monster truck show. Welcome to the South, people. I'm sorry. I just don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> Florida people. Florida people are weird. Florida I mean, I completely get it, though, when you got a car that's souped up and it's bouncing down the highway. I mean, I get that. Okay? Yes, I get that. Okay? But this is the place... God has put you in a place specifically to be his representative. He did not make a mistake. If you believe in a sovereign God, you have to understand that. So if you're ever like, Lord, why this church? Lord, why this place in life? Lord, why this choir? Lord, why this sports team? Lord, why this school? Lord, why this place where I have to get my hair cut? Lord, why this family that you would have me in and they drive me nuts? Lord, why, why, why? And he is quietly trying to tell you, because I have great things for you to do right here. And I'm asking you to do them. You did not make a mistake. I'm just realizing this. So that means seniors who are going off to college. And you don't, you don't know what next year is going to hold. The beauty is he's gone before you and he already knows the spheres of influence he would have you be in. And it's not a mistake that you're at the college you're at. That's cool to think. He has you there for a reason. Okay? God has you right where he wants you. It's your next fill in the blank. God has you right where he wants you. You can take that to the bank and cash that check. Ephesians 1.11 In him we are also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works all things out in conformity with the purpose of his will. He has you right where he has put you there for a purpose. The next fill in the blank is this. You represent the king. You represent the king. Not LeBron, but like the king of kings. Okay. The question becomes with you represent the king is which kingdom. Yours or his. If youth group is all about you, you will quickly represent your kingdom. If youth group is all about him and being an ambassador, then you represent someone greater than yourself. When you are here, how do you represent God to your peers? How do you represent God to your peers? I'll answer that one in TG's. Next. This is cool for those of you that like history. For those of you that don't, hang on. So when an ambassador is in a foreign land, he speaks on behalf of the king. True story. Before the internet and instant communication with your sovereign nation, the king or Caesar or ruler would give you his seal, his stamp, which means that you could sign binding documents on behalf of the king. So when Paul was talking about an ambassador, he had this ambassador in mind. 
And that's why also, I think it's Paul, uses the phrase, you are sealed with righteousness. It's that same kingly seal that marks you, that you carry, that you can extend. It's beautiful. So, how do you carry the seal? It's the last film of like. How do you carry the king's seal? What does the seal empower us to do? It says it in the text. Be reconciled to God and for others to be reconciled to God. That's what the seal empowers us to do. We know the great reconciler and we reconcile on his behalf. 2 Corinthians 5 ends with this call. We implore you on behalf of Christ be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. You carry out the good news both with your peers here and your peers out there. How can we be better ambassadors? And that's where we'll spend our time discussion in transformation groups. How can we be better ambassadors? You're dismissed.